Hey, welcome back. Yes, we're here, Rhett and Jason, as usual, as per usual. Actually, it's kind of unusual, considering it's been like a year, and now all of a sudden this is our, this is our third one. Maybe this is a summer thing. So it was like last summer, I was looking to see our kind of record dates before, and it was like May, June, July, maybe August too. Hmm. We were kind of averaging every two weeks. Huh. Maybe. So we had like we had like two a month for four months. And then it was like cut out, and that's July, and here we are. Yeah. So we got to do July, August, September, October this time. Yeah. That's our, that's our <laughs> hey, there are a lot of podcasts that do like seasons. Yeah. They do like, they'll do like 10 episode runs every year, which I think is really lame. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, no, I think anybody that may have listened to us last year probably doesn't even know we've started up again or won't listen to like I don't know. Probably not yet. <laughs> so if you are new, by the way, go check out our first uh, yeah. know, eight ones, or at least our first couple. I don't know. They're they're on the same site, so from where you, wherever you found this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. <sighs> Airpodcast.com, iTunes, soon to be on Stitcher. Um, God, yeah. Well, you know, it's like some of my favorite podcasts, though, like they do seasons, but it's because they're also like tied to TV shows. Like one of my favorite podcasts used to be, not a huge fan of it anymore, but in season one, uh, the uh, it was called Quiver, the Green Arrow podcast, and it was, and it followed the show. That Arrow. makes sense, yeah. And uh, that was really good. What are they going to do in the off season? Yeah, exactly. Um, and then actually one of my other favorite podcasts, it's a really good, like, in-depth look at all of the episodes of uh, Game of Thrones, and it's called A Cast of Kings, and that's a really good one, actually. I really like that one, because uh, just their insights on the episodes are really... And well, and that's what I liked about Quiver, too. Like, Quiver was really down-to-earth, and, and they lived in the city where it was filming, which was kind of cool, so you got to hear about that a little bit, and... That's pretty neat. I guess, like, we could do one for Grimm or something. That's true. I was trying to get Kane uh, to get on board with doing a Constantine one when that show came out. Oh, yeah. Is that recorded right there? No, but no. Uh, Well, and the guys who do the cast of Kings for for Game of Thrones, they don't live in Europe. They live in California. Yeah, yeah. So, but it was just that Quiver one happened to be cool because it was not as professional. It was, like, very amateurly done. And they happened to live in the city, so that was cool. And they happened to get Stephen Amell on their show, which was cool. They did a whole special interviewing him. That's pretty cool to get him on there. Yeah. It'd be crazy. Yeah. It was awesome. He had flat, he like asked on Facebook, like, who does the best arrow based podcast? And everyone was like, Quiver, Quiver the Green Arrow Podcast. And he's like, wow, it's pretty unanimous. I guess if you guys want to have me on, I'll come on. So they had them come on, and after that, their like subscribership just like oh, went through the roof. Yeah, endorsed by the main person. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Cast of Kings is really good, and then uh, also I really really liked the uh, Battlestar Galactica podcasts, hmm. which were cool because they were done by the showrunner, like by the producer, like the creator of the show. Yeah. For every episode. Dang. And uh, and it's almost just like a commentary track. Like, if you sync them up right away, if you sync up the show and the podcast, it's literally a commentary track. Because they're sitting there watching it and talking about, like, oh, that's just neat. Uh, yeah, a neat idea. Because then it's like, oh, boom, there you go. Watch the show or watch it with commentary. Exactly. Or just listen to it after. Yeah. That's- well, that's what I did. Like, 
Well, I watched Battlestar Galactica, and then I listened to a bunch of episodes, and then when I was at, when, when I was working and could watch shows at work, um, I got into the habit of like my favorite Battlestar Galactica episodes. Like I picked a few from each season, and then I would go through and I would sync them up, and I uh, watched like a few of my favorite episodes from each season with the podcast track playing. Yeah. And I couldn't ever quite get it synced up exactly, but it was close enough that it was like, yeah, not a big deal, you know? Uh, but that was really cool. That was actually, I was like, what a genius because who does that? Can, can you name another producer who did a podcast after every week his show aired? I don't think that that's well, probably just too busy doing their show. <laughs> yeah. All right, you got my undivided attention now. I just lost my Hearthstone match, damn it. <laughs> um, God, yeah. But that was, so that was, that was cool podcast stuff. And then uh, just recorded uh, this morning another episode of A Game at Dinner with Lee. Oh, yeah. Dude, I was thinking more about doing the, like, copying that with Oblivion, because that sounds fun, and I, I have been wanting to get back into Oblivion. Probably just because that was the first one I played, you know, so it was like... I, I did try out Morrowind once. No, not hard enough. I think the graphics held me back. Dude, it happens. You know? I can give you the mod pack yeah, that yeah, I yeah. play because it makes it look like sometimes some of the stuff looks just as good as Skyrim stuff. Yeah. Like I play Skyrim and Skyrim runs great and it looks great, but actually at this point in time, Morrowind looks nicer with the mods than Skyrim does on my computer. Because on Morrowind, the way the engine is and the way the game is, I can just crank up the graphics with this mod and have all of this extra foliage and all of these extra trees and all this extra shiny stuff, and it looks amazing on Skyrim for me to get it to run as good. I have to lower all that stuff, yeah. so there's, like, no foliage and there's no any of that. So it's like, you know, even the characters don't look that good. On Morrowind, my shit looks really, really awesome. The only difference is the gameplay is a little clunkier. Right. Well, hmm. Yeah, I mean, I might try it that way, but yeah, like I said, so Oblivion was my first, and then I, I mean, I played Skyrim, and obviously, you know, like, Skyrim's good. Skyrim's but, cool, Oblivion's cool, but... But I like Oblivion. I mean, you can't jump over entire buildings in Oblivion. Makes sense. Shouldn't be able to. In Morrowind? No, dude, in Morrowind, you can uh, be like... Max out your acrobatics? Well, you max out your acrobatics and you can jump really high, but... Oh, that spell you were talking about before, right? Yeah, you're just like... You can make a spell. You can make a spell yeah. or a potion or anything, and you're just like, you're like, all right, like increase my acrobatics by 500 points, and then you can jump on For top a of or something, right? Yeah, and then you can jump on top of a guard tower. Yeah, that one's uh, that that spell that you're talking about. It's called um, a scroll of a carrion flight, and it's and it's uh, 10,000 points into acrobatics for three seconds. So you cast it, and then you jump, and it's like you go off the world map, and you like cross over the entire continent, and then when you land, you die because you don't have acrobatics. acrobatics. <laughs> <laughs> so you either have to like cast it again or whatever. <laughs> but that's the joy, you know. It's like in Morrowind, you become a vampire, mm -hmm. and depending on what vampire clan you're in, you get like a special acrobatics boost, and you can just be like, oh. Dang it, there's a river in my... Oh, jump over the river. Oh, there's a mountain in my way. Jump on top of the mountain. Oh, there's a thing... Just jump over it. It's fun. It's cool. It makes yeah. you feel like a real vampire. because Yeah, like, in, in Oblivion, I am kind of like... 
And there's no like, and there's no like. I don't know about Oblivion, but in Skyrim, like, there's no speed difference. Like every every all characters' speed is always the same. In Morrowind, Skyrim. Oh, in Skyrim, in Oblivion, I think your your speed makes you run faster. Yeah, or your athletics. Yeah. Well, in uh, yeah, in uh, Morrowind, you can definitely run faster because you know cast a freaking spell that like boosts your speed or your athletics or whatever like really high and you can freaking just like like freaking flash status or you know whatever hmm. it's badass it's just cool it makes you feel like really cool when you get to that point where your character can do all these like really cool things well i was feeling that way in a, in oblivion at one point i mean and then you got maybe it was like chameleon and you were like this game's over no that was the first time i played well that wasn't the first time that was the first time i got high level yeah i was like a mage i was kind of like a warrior mage not a good idea to kind of cross specialize, <laughs> but yeah, that was broken. It's just like, man, these enemies are really hard to blow up with fireballs and stuff. So, hmm, what else can I do? Okay, chameleon stuff. Hmm, wow, fifty percent of chameleon sucks. Doesn't do anything. Oh, we got eighty percent chameleon. This sucks. Doesn't do anything. Oh wait, hundred percent. I'm just gonna whack you in the face, and you have no idea where I am. Okay, yeah. this is broken. <laughs> You know, it's funny, too, because, like, you go and you read about it, and that's everyone's number one problem with that game is, like, 100% Chameleon. It's like, why not just don't get yeah. it? Then? Well, that's what I did afterwards. I was like, okay, I'm just going to ignore that. <laughs> so, well, so many people were like, game's over. Like, I'm done. Yeah, it's just like, okay, don't do that. Yeah. Well, for me, it was just like the mage, I don't know, the character I had made didn't work out anymore. You know, I was like, I was getting beat by people, by thieves and stuff that were wearing glass armor. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you're supposed to just be a stupid bandit out here on the road, and I'm level 33 mage warrior guy, and you're killing me. Yeah, well... That's when I had to get the chameleon armor. <laughs> so, um... But my other time playing through, I was like, uh... I was like a, more of a stealth or assassin type. And that worked just fine. I mean, I would just sneak around and backstab the crap out of people, and I wasn't using any kind of, you know, chameleon glitch or anything like that. Because that's what I did with the mage, you know. I would just sneak around and ba- I would just backstab with the chameleon armor on. It would yeah. Kill everybody. But with the assassin, I'm just doing the legit, st- the legitimate way. Yeah. Um, and it was that's that was fun. I mean, I think I got about to the same level, and uh, and with him, I was noticing that I, his stats were getting pretty high for like acrobatics and athletics, and I was noticing like he was able to run faster and jump higher, and it's not as like big of a Gain as it sounds in Morrowind, but then well, again, I wasn't increasing it by like five hundred. Well, yeah, and Morrowind. I mean, the difference is, is like when you start, you're slow as fuck. Yeah, and it's like Jesus Christ, when will I ever get anywhere? And then, um, you know, if you ever max out your acrobatics and your athletics, your max level is one hundred on those skills. You're right. Yeah, and you're not going to be a god with that. You know, you become a god like when you get a status that uh, breaks the cap. Which can happen, you know, like you can, you can find an enchanted item that permanently, when you're wearing it, permanently increases it by like 50 or 100 Mm -hmm. or whatever. Uh, You can, like when you become a vampire, you get a permanent status increase um, until you're not a vampire anymore. Same with like being a werewolf or, um, you know, stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't know how the items work. If they take you over to your cap. I remember it's addressed for Oblivion. Like, if you have 75 and you put on something that gives you 30, I can't remember what happens. Yeah, well, yeah, and I actually think that was, like, a big deal for a lot of people with, in the other games is that you can't really... 
you know, and then that's the whole thing with Morrowind too, is like you can tinker with that stuff and you can make potions that force your cap to break and, you know, for a short time. Yeah. Or you can enchant items that allow your cap to be broken and you can do all that stuff and it's just like, that's part of, part of the appeal of the game, you know? And then you walk up to the chief deity of the people of Morrowind and he's sitting there floating like in some meditative state and you punch him in the face and he dies, you know, like... Because you drank a potion that increases your strength by 10,000 points or whatever, and then you just punch him in the face and he dies. Game over. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely cool to like create stuff. I mean, I like creating spells in Oblivion. Yeah. Well, in Morrowind, the process is better than it is in Oblivion. I'm just going to close my window here, because this is lunchtime. <laughs> office time. <laughs> um... Well, in Morrowind you can do that, but it's better than Oblivion. It's more in-depth. It's more, you know... I mean, there's, like... It's kind of silly, but there's, like, a lot of, like, exploitative things you can do with, like, the ma- the spellcrafting or the potion. Can you do 100% chameleon? Yeah, you can, but... <laughs> Does it work the same? I mean, there's invisibility spells. You can just make yourself go invisible. Okay, but then can you attack while you're invisible and stuff? No, I guess not. Probably break it. That's yeah, there's chameleon. Exploitive. I don't think it works the same as it, it does in Oblivion, but it's like the same thing. Yeah. I think this, I feel like the uh, sneaking and like doing thievery stuff in Morrowind is a lot harder than it is in the other games. Like, it takes a lot more dedication. I've noticed that's typically my play style. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a fun way to do it. When I was doing the, the uh, OOO mod for Oblivion, um, the character I finally got going because it took me a couple times because it's hard. Like, yeah, I, I like walked into a dungeon or like a cave and I was like, "Oh sh- shit!" Like a vampire Overlord. matriarch or yeah. something, <laughs> and it just slaughtered me. I was like level two. Yeah. <laughs> so the one I finally got going was a warrior. I was like a orc or something, an orc warrior, or um, or was that orc or what's that other one that has like the adrenaline rush? Uh, uh, I don't know, but I was whatever race had like this adrenaline rush daily power that just like increased his stats by fifty, you know, and just like I was able to slaughter things. Yeah, so I kind of went warrior build on that, and that worked out. Yeah, all builds are really fun in their own way. Mage is probably its most powerful in Morrowind because like the limits on mat, there's not really any limits on magic. Like, you can make a spell to do anything. Like, as long as you have the mana to do it and all this stuff. Like, you might not be able to cast it 100%, (laughs) but if your skill is high enough, like, you could drink a potion to increase your magic skill to, like, you know, 500 or whatever. And then you can cast a spell that does, you know, literally the maximum amount of damage in the biggest area possible and just, like, cast it in an open field and kill everything in the field. Like, Those potions seem pretty crazy. They're like, oh, I'm just going to boost my stat for a second and then do this ability. Yeah, but you have to have a high alchemy skill to get it. I guess that's true. But alchemy is one of those things that, like, at least... And in, it's hard. It's a hard skill to level up in Morrowind. Oh, is it? I was going to say, in Oblivion, it's so easy. Like, it's the first time I played, that's what screwed me over. <laughs> I just sit there walking around the fields everywhere. Instead of fast traveling, I would just walk to places yeah. and harvest everything on my way. And then I'd be like, okay, I've got tons of stuff. Time to... Grind out all these potions, you know, <laughs> do whatever. And I'd gain, like, four levels just doing alchemy. Yeah. And then my stats would be fucked. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it's freaking hard to level in Morrowind. It's easy to get the stuff, 
because you walk everywhere usually. Yeah. But there's only like certain plants that grow in certain regions on the. Yeah. You know. So it's like you can only get this plant in like the southeast. You can only get this plant in the southwest. You can only get this plant like north. You can only get this plant like at the foot of the mountain. You can only get this thing from this creature, this thing from that creature. And it's like, you know, makes it really hard when you start creating like high level potions and shit. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I like the the leveling you can do in Skyrim, though. I did like that. I like the different tr uh, trees. And the mm -hmm. builds you can do. Yeah. Kind of cool. made it neat to like plan ahead, specialize your person, not waste points on things you don't want. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, because in Morrowind, I think it's the same as Oblivion. You choose like your major skills, then you choose your minor skills. And then every time you level those, yeah. Yeah. Gain towards your actual level. Yeah. And then your stats get skewed when you do four levels of alchemy. <laughs> Yeah, kind of, yeah, exactly. Same so thing. Like, oh, more I get like five intelligence or five intelligence. Five, where's I want to balance out here? Yeah. I don't get any other stats. <laughs> yeah, but that's what's also cool about the oh, oh, oh mod. Like, it doesn't matter if you do that. Yeah, there's a mod fix for that in Morrowind too. Oh, but yeah. Welcome to the Andy Brothers Morrowind Oblivion podcast, apparently. <laughs> well, you were the one talking about I, earlier, one with Lee, so... <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just crazy, because it's like I, I did this little thing on Reddit for that, and it's just, it took off. And now we yeah. got we got people who are, like, super into Morrowind, like, do their own Morrowind-related stuff, like, wanting to collaborate with us and all this fun stuff, so... It's fun. It's taken off in a good way. Uh... Well, he is talking about, like, wanting to branch out of Morrowind. Like, he wants to do more of, like, an RPG-themed one. But I'm like, I don't know, man, because, like, <laughs> we have a lot of clout right now with the Morrowind-themed thing. Yeah. So, I don't know. Might have to figure out a different way to do it or something. What do you mean, like, what RPG one? What does it mean, branch out? Branch out into just, like, an RPG podcast. Like, oh, okay. a video, RPG video game podcast. That's what we kind of have. Sorry. Yeah, I told him. I told him he's shit out of luck. Sorry, I'm going to move in on his territory. I might look into that Oblivion one. Fuck, I just want to... You should. Well, I was thinking... Play. Sounds fun. I was thinking, like, one thing we could probably do for that is uh, is if you started playing it and wanted to talk about it, like, we could almost just do, like, a sub-podcast of A Game at Dinner. Right. Because A Game at Dinner is just... The way we got the title is it's a book in The Elder Scrolls. It also yeah. is in Oblivion. So there we go. And in so Skyrim fall under that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so, I mean, we picked something that was, like, Elder Scrolls related. Like, we were, I don't we went through a lot of different ideas for names. Like, we were tossed around, like, uh, we were going to call it the 36 Lessons of Vivek, because that's a book in there. We thought about, uh, I don't know, I can't even remember some of the other ones. Came down to, it came down between the 36 Lessons of Vivek and uh, A Game at Dinner. So which one made it? A game of dinner. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Uh, which is actually a really good story. Well, there's so many just like crazy books in the game. It's just uh, all the amount of lore in there. Like the detail that goes into that game is just crazy. Yeah. <clears throat> like I love when I go down into a dungeon and I'm just like way down there and I'm like, okay, I'm in some obscure part of the game, way deep in this dungeon, and here's a book or a tomb or a note or something. It's just like, like, who put this here? Yeah. Just, ah. Oh. 
Well, that's the fun thing. And so it sucks because I don't have enough knowledge of how it works in Skyrim or Oblivion. But in Morrowind, for sure, there's, uh, there's books that there's like only one copy of in the entire game world. Oh, wow. So it makes it like really fun to like seek that out. Yeah. It'd be cool if there was like a way, like some sort of a, oh, I wonder if there is like an add-on uh, to track a collection of like the books that you find. Sort of like a checklist. Well, there's a side quest where you where you get rare books for a rare book dealer. Yeah. In like the main city, like, and I think that book that has one copy is like the final mission from him. Oh, I see. Okay. So it kind of keeps track in that way, or you can just like go to your freaking house and put your books on the bookshelf and look at them. Yeah. That's what I do. That's a lot of work, but yeah, it's cool. Or you can make bridges over lava with your books. <laughs> <laughs> or you can do it like in Minecraft where you just look straight down and then drop all of your books and then you create uh, like a tower that's like... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I do in Morrowind sometimes. And I'm like, this is my tower. <laughs> and then I'm standing like a thousand feet like <clears throat> higher than anything in the game. Uh, we just watched that... Uh, uh, shoot, what's it called? Inside... Inside Out? Oh, yeah. That Disney movie? Yeah, the Pixar one, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the Pixar one. We just watched that, and there was a scene in there where uh, the character has a, uh, like, a bottomless bag, you know? Yeah. And and she's already, like, inside uh, someone's brain. Like, she's, you know, an emotion or whatever. So she's already, like, in an imaginary place where pretty much a lot of things can happen. So she goes into, like, a more, another imaginary place, and there's this little factory that's, like, spitting out, like imaginative people mm-hmm. and she like like cranks it up and is like okay make a thousand of these and she ha- holds the bag there and they're coming off this conveyor belt all these people and they're like oh, fall in the bag oh, fall in the bag fall in the bag she puts like a hundred of them in a bag <clears throat> and then she takes it and she walks over this cliff that she uh, needed to get across and she like oh, turns nice. the bag upside down and stands on it and she's like and she's like goes up a hundred people tall and they're like swaying there and then she like leans them forward and jumps off of them and <laughs> nice that reminds me of that yeah, that's exactly <laughs> like that. <sighs> um, I don't. I can't remember if there is lava in Oblivion. There's lava in Morrowind because it there's takes place on a volcanic monsters. island. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of ice and snow in Oblivion. You go up north and it's all snowy and ice. A lot of ice and snow in Skyrim, too. Yeah. You know, I didn't like the setting as much in Skyrim. I'm like, yeah. What? I don't know. I felt like I'd be sitting in one spot. I'd look over and be like, oh, there's a mountain. I'd go to that mountain. It just, it felt short. It felt, the worlds felt small. Yeah, Skyrim felt really small. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, Morrowind always mountains, felt really mountains. big to me. Although. Oblivion, too. Like, I just feel like I walk forever in Oblivion. Yeah, Skyrim, it's kind of crazy. Like, because you look at the map and you're like, oh my god, it's huge. And then you get on top of, like, the throat of the world or whatever that mountain is called and you, like, look down. It's like, oh. Yeah, because you're just constantly climbing mountains and fighting dragons and stuff, and and then you're just like, this didn't take me that long to walk from the southern mountain to the mid mountain to the north mountain. It was like, yeah, walking from the southern tip of Oblivion to the northern tip would take a long time. Yeah, and you'd run across a lot of stuff. And Skyrim, I feel like you don't run into that much like random stuff out there. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff in Skyrim, but the unfortunate part about it is it feels like every dungeon and every little thing has a purpose. Like, you go in there and it's like, oh, there's words of power. Oh, you go in there and it's like, oh, this is part of a quest. You yeah. go in there and it's like, oh, this is blah, blah, blah. And it's like, <clears throat> and what I liked about Oblivion and Morrowind is like, you can go into a lot of dungeons and there's like almost no purpose yeah. to them. Yeah, they're just abandoned ruins most of the yeah. time. Like, 
I mean, it's insane. Like, Morrowind has thousands of dungeons. Some of them are mines. Yeah. Some of them are just caves. Some of them are smugglers' caves. Yeah. Some of them are, like, uh, abandoned strongholds. Like, I mean, it's crazy. And there's, uh, it's just insane. Like, there's a whole fast travel system in Morrowind that you can develop by exploring that the game, like, doesn't direct you to. Like, it's not like, all right, like, you can build this fast travel network. Like, no, you have to, like, go fucking clear all these, like, random dungeons and get these, like, crystals that you put in these abandoned Dark Elf strongholds. Oh, wow. And then it activates, like, a teleportation system. Dude, that's cool. Yeah, it's insane. The reason I don't like Oblivion and Skyrim that much for their settings is it's like you went from having this like crazy fantastic um, uh, setting that's like very fantasy-esque. You walk around and wizards fucking build their towers out of giant plants and um, and then there's another faction of people that built their homes in the shell of a giant crab that died on the island. There, you know, and then there's another one that um, I don't even fucking know. But there's so many different styles of stuff, and everything is so fantastic, and there's all this crazy stuff. And then you go on Oblivion and Skyrim, and it's like, here's generic fantasy land, where it's like, there's castles, and there's horses, and there's... You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I didn't come across those things in Morrowind for the brief time I played. Um, but yeah, I mean, Oblivion's definitely more like uh, just a medieval setting. Yeah. And like, even... Like a fantasy setting. And it's even weird, too, because it's like... I don't know. It's just so weird. They did so many things in, in Morrowind that make you feel like, oh shit, like this is a you know a land apart. Like, well, and all the lands are supposed to be like unique and different, right? Like, in all a the sense. continents or countries or whatever they are. In a sense, I mean, you sort of assume that. I mean, yeah. I mean, like Black Marsh is a giant marsh. You know, there's uh, there's the Reach, which I th- I don't know. There's all sorts of shit. They're all different, yeah. But it's just weird to me that it's like the Imperials come from a place like it's like just castles. And then the same with Skyrim, where it's like it's ice, but it's like generic fantasy. And it's like they even took it a step further, making it generic fantasy setting by adding dragons. Which was cool as shit. But it's like it's like literally they went to like the Borders bookstore and they like looked at the fantasy section and they're like, what do we need? Elves, orcs. Dragons, castles. You know what I mean? Do they have elves? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. All of the freaking character... Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess you can create an elf. I just... I couldn't remember... Dark elf, high elf, in that wood elf. And Skyrim. There's the dwarven city. The dwarves? I don't know. Yeah, dwarves are also elves. In- <clears throat> oh. All of them have, like, their, their real names, so there's, like... There's the Dunmer, which are the Dark Elves. There's the Bosmer, which are the Wood Elves. There's the... Uh, what are the High Elves called? Uh, something Mer. And then there's then there's the Dwemer, which are called, like, the Deep Elves. And those are the Dwarves. Huh. The, but then there's even more. There's the Falmer, which are in Skyrim. You can fight them and shit. <clears throat> those are, like other elves. And the, what mer means is elves. Mer means elves. There's mer and there's men. Hmm. So... Mermen? So when you're talking about merfolk, those are just like elves, elves? underwater? I, are there merfolk in... I mean, I'm just talking in the land of Elder Scrolls. Oh, okay. 
<laughs> Maybe there are. Maybe that's the next game. Elder Scrolls uh, Six, Merman. That's right, Merfolk. <laughs> That'd be a pretty sweet setting. Some underwater business. There are thirty. There's like twenty-seven underwater caves in Morrowind that the game does not direct you to. They're full of loot and adventures. Yeah, there's some cool underwater no. things in Oblivion. No, there's not. So I was always jealous you were the Argonia. Yeah. That's why I play Argonia. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. of Morrowind. <laughs> because it's like... That makes sense. Not as necessary <laughs> in Oblivion, but... <laughs> Plus, I just like the Argonians. They're yeah, really cool. cool. I think they're like my favorite race. Uh, what was I going to... I was going to talk about something else. I don't know. I'm, I'm definitely going to going to look into that, into starting up the OO mod. Maybe I'll record some episodes, or maybe not. I'll just record some stuff, and if it turns out I'm doing it for a while, I'll... Oh, and you might also be interested in another podcast, since we're on the topic before you switch, real quick. It's called, um... Let me look it up. It is called Elder Lore. Oh, uh-huh. It's just history, mythology, and lore of the Elder Scrolls world. So there's like an episode on each on each race. There's an episode on everything. Oh, um, pretty cool. So you can kind of pick and choose. Yeah. Or just go through them. Yeah, like, um, you know, like here's one that I listened to, Tamriel's Creatures of the Night. It's an episode about vampires, werewolves, the like. Then there's an episode called Life in Black March. Uh, Black Marsh. Sorry. And that's like where the Argonians are from and like the history of Black Marsh and like the Argonians. Uh, here's one called Politics in Morrowind and that's going to talk about like the different houses and like the em- empire trying to take control and the way that the deities played into that. Then there's... Uh, um, I wish there was more politics in like more factions and more politics. Well, <clears throat> one thing that... I mean, Skyrim I is a civil war, so... Yeah, but, I mean, it doesn't impact you that much. Like, you kind of, like, choose a side and you do stuff, but you don't really feel it that much. Yeah. In Morrowind, there's the three great houses that are always at odds with each other that run, uh, you know, the island. Then there's the uh, Empire, which has its own relation with the great houses, because the great houses are in control. Like, they've let the Empire in, but the key to that was that the Empire wouldn't really be in charge of governing Morrowind. Um, God, it's just crazy. Like, yeah, so there's the Great Houses. They each have their own relation with the Empire. Like, one of the Great Houses is good friends with the Empire, and they were, like, the ones that were behind letting the Empire in, and so they're kind of friends with them. And then the other ones are, like, completely xenophobic and hate the Imperials. So, like, their relation with them is, like, hostile. Um... And then not only that, but then so you have the three great houses and the and the empire, which all help run the island. But then there's the tribunal temple, who the three um, deities like basically <clears throat> run the island too. Hmm. So how do these all kind of tie into your character, or like uh, depending on who you join and how and what you do? Uh, you have a relationship with each faction. Okay. So, for example, like, if you join the Imperials, like, the Telvanni house, they hate Imperials. 
they're going to be not that likely to let you in. And even if they let you in, as if you don't have a good enough relationship with them, like if you went and did too many missions for yeah. the Imperials and shit like that, they're going to not give you any more missions. Oh, yeah. Okay. And their disposition towards you is going to be hostile, like making it harder for you to barter with them or get anything that you want. That's cool. Um, and it's the same thing. I mean, and, you know. Like that kind of, like, flavor. I like, I like the kind of flavor that comes when you play a different race and you come across someone and they're like racist against you and you're yeah. like freaking Khajiit. They're, they're extremely racist in Morrowind too. And that's the whole cool thing about Morrowind is that like your character is an outlander. And even if you're a dark elf, because Var- uh, Morrowind is the land of the dark elves, oh. uh, even if you're a dark elf, they know you're not one of them because you weren't born on the island and you talk differently. So everyone knows that you're, you don't have the accent. So everyone's like, you're a freaking Outlander. Get away from me. Like, I don't want to be associated with Outlander. Like, they're extremely xenophobic people. And they and they hate... Like, it's the only game where there's races that are enslaved. Like, the Argonians and Khajiit are... Like, slavery is legal on the island. Sounds pretty cool. Might have to get into that, too. Yeah. And, and there's, like, a whole side quest where you can release slaves. And get, and, and get a relationship... Um, with a faction that, like, you don't ever really see. called the, They're an abolitionist faction called the Twin Lambs. Based out of a rare bookstore. It's like the Underground Railroad. <laughs> um, yeah, it's crazy. And then, like, all of the factions themselves, like, have relationships, like, with the rulers of the island, with the great houses, with the Imperials, with the Tribunal, and then with each other. It's just crazy. Yeah, it's like an island rooted in deep hatred. <laughs> like, so there's just like always like there's all these. It's just, it's crazy. Yeah, that does sound pretty rad. I mean, I could probably get into it with the the graphics uh, upgrade, but I think I do want to try the do it in one first. So do it and then be like, I wonder how this compares, and then hurry up and install the other mods for Morrowind and play. Yeah, but then I won't have something to podcast about because Lee's doing that. You can come talk with us about it. Or you, or you can listen to uh, Andy Brothers episode, whatever this is. <laughs> what <laughs> I said, or you can listen to Andy Bros in this episode and hear us talk about Morrowind. Yeah. Oh, I'm trying to debate if I'm playing Magic tonight. Yeah, because I'm playing tomorrow. I thought you were going out to. Um, I don't know. Like, I'm not going to make it out there in time to go swimming. So I was kind of like talking about it, and then Lux is like. She, like, hadn't told them I was coming, and it, like, wasn't clear I was, and I was kind of like, I don't care either way. Yeah. So I, like, brought my cards with me in case I'm playing tonight, but I still don't quite know if I am. I'm kind of, like, leaning that way, because it just seems like they're going out there for the afternoon to do some swimming, and, like, they'll be out there a little bit, but I, you know, like, it wasn't part of the plan that I was going to go join them or anything. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm kind of up in the air. I'm just like... Eh, might be fun, depending on... How late they want to stay and everything and all that. I mean, I know you got the kids and everything, but but you know, yeah. But yeah, and then I'm playing at two pre-release events tomorrow. Yeah. So those are always fun. I love the pre-release events. I gotta I gotta MC a wedding tomorrow. Oh yeah, that'd be cool. <clears throat> be all right. It's at Deepwood Mansion. Yeah. At Bush Park? Oh, okay. I was thinking that's what it was. I was like, I'm pretty sure that's the one there on the corner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. It's Deepwood. So, 
It's funny. I was, I was like picturing it. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's it, but I'm not going to open my mouth. <laughs> yep. So that'll be fun. Yeah. All right. There's a bar. <laughs> nice. Dry weddings are the worst. Agreed. <clears throat> um, but yeah, I don't know. I, like, just don't know if I'll play the next week. This new set comes out, so you can always just go home and play Oblivion. Yeah, they're like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play Magic tonight, and then they all go out there. Then I'm at home playing Oblivion. <laughs> She's a. Uh, I overheard her talking to her cousin last night, and I guess they're gonna come up uh, in like a month, maybe, um, with their kids and stuff, and they're gonna stay at the timeshare on the coast. And I overheard Lex saying like they'll go out there um, during the week or something. And I overheard her saying like, "Oh, he'll be fine by himself a couple days." And in my head, I'm like. Video game time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's kind of funny because Bailey is uh, talking about um, because her uncle is going to Spain for ten days to like get a surgery, and he wants like more people to go with him, you know, like help out and also see Spain because it's yeah. cool. And uh, you know, and everybody's like, Bailey, you should go. Bailey, you should go. I agree, she should go. Uh, I would love to go. Yeah. But we could only afford to turn down those types of things. Yeah. Well, we could only afford to send one of us, really. So, um, her dad might go, but he's, he doesn't really want to. Like, he just, he wants to go see it, but he doesn't want to go and, like, you know. (laughs) But Bailey is like, Bailey's like, this is an opportunity to, like, see, like, see hospitals, like, in another part of the world. Um, this is an opportunity to see Spain. There's an opportunity to do all this stuff for 10 days. Like, she has the time for it. And, uh, yeah, take those because boy, they really close up. Like once you start starting a family, like that yeah. just really clogs up the, well, and really like realistically, like the only thing is like, cause we're planning a Europe trip for next spring Oh, and it's going to cost a lot of money, obviously. And, um, so going to this, like kind of detracts from that a little bit, even though she's going to go to Spain and then our trip is going to be. Different countries, like, yeah. we're, like we're kind of looking at doing England, Germany, and Italy, um, yeah, sure. for like three weeks total, and uh, and so like the money spent sending Bailey to Spain could be like spent going on our other trip, yeah, you know. So that's like the only real <clears throat> drawback. But she's like, I want to go, and I'm like, Yeah, you should. And in my head, I'm like, Well, yeah, this would be great because I can play video, I can do whatever <laughs> I want, you know. Uh, <laughs> um. But realistically, if the tables were turned, I would go. <laughs> you yeah. Know? I mean, I could if I wanted to. I could be like, I'm going and then pay and go. But it only makes sense to send one of us, really. So. And it's like already her family gone. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And she, like, knows more <laughs> Spanish. Like, they're in a part of the country that, like, doesn't know any English, really. So she knows more Spanish. And and uh, and plus, it'd make more sense, like, for what she, like, wants to go to school for and everything. Like, what she wants to get her master's degree in. Make more sense to, like, have experience, like, in international medicine. Like, she'd be in the hospital. Like, she'd be able to see all that stuff. and Yeah. That'd be definitely sweet. I mean, and probably pretty fairly cost-effective, too. If she's just going by herself, and she's probably not going to have to front the full cost for, uh, like, some stuff while she's there. If she's with other family. Yeah, they're sharing, like, the room and everything. Yeah, that's so. kind of what I mean. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm sometimes uh, jealous about uh, Tim's kind of schedule at home because, like, his 
wife works uh, nights on some shifts. Like I think she, I think she's still doing like three twelve-hour shifts. Yeah, and they're usually at night. So like three days a week, I think he kind of gets the time at the evening time to himself to like play games and do stuff. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, well, that was always nice. Like when Bailey would work until midnight, Yeah, you know, there's like, and then I had that one day where it's like, I was home early enough that we'd get everyone online and played Dota, Dota, yeah. Dota all Gosh, night, you know? No. <sighs> no, I like rarely get those. Like Alexis will have her, uh, play night once a month or something. And it's like, it's, it's you know, nice when those come up. Cause then I don't have to like, I know that night is just for me to do something nerdy, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's nice to have this time. I mean, I, I, you know, I love spending time with Bailey and everything and, and, uh, and family and her family and my family and all that stuff. But it is nice. Like I, I kind of miss the, uh, my old schedule that I used to have where I would work until 11 and, you know, I worked three to 11 and then I would have like Wednesday off. Yeah. So Monday and Tuesday I'd work three to 11, have Wednesday off and then I'd work Thursday and Friday in the morning. But it was like always awesome because it's like, it would like, all right, cool, like, Sunday night, like, everybody's got to work in the morning, so it's like, I'd play Dota all night. Because yeah. it's like, well, you don't have to be at work until 3, so i play Dota all night. And then I'd go to bed and, like, wake up at noon, get ready, go to work, or I'd wake up early and play more Dota, or video games, or, like, read, or whatever. And then I'd go to work at 3, get off at 11. Nobody is, like, waiting up for me, like, let's hang <laughs> out, or whatever, because it's like, I'm home at midnight. So then I'd play Dota I until, like... Midnight on Fridays... Yeah. Lux is always up waiting for me. Well, yeah. But she doesn't like to go to sleep early or without me, so. Yeah. Well, I also lived alone. So. Oh, I, oh. <laughs> I didn't know. This was uh, pre, pre-wedding. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so then, and then I would play Dota or video games until like six o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and it was awesome. And I could do that again the next night. Because then I didn't have to, like, wake up to yeah. go to work. Dude, that was my schedule for, like, six months when I, like, had that, like, 2 to 10 schedule. Yeah. That was exactly... I'd get home at 10.30, and I'd play video games until 6 a.m. Yeah. I'd go to sleep until, like, noon, wake up refreshed. Yep. Mess around for, like, an hour, go to work. Yep. Makes sense. It's it was, weird. It was a good schedule. Yeah, it was. It was. Now I got this stupid 8 to 5. I know. I kind of hate, like, day jobs. Yeah. It's like feels like you don't have as much time for anything. It doesn't. I mean, because I wake up so damn early. I'm not a morning person at all. It, isn't that weird, too? Like, I don't know about you, because when I was working graveyards or even those really late swings, like, I could sleep for, like, five hours yeah. and wake up and be, like, totally fine. Yeah. But if I go to bed at, like, one or two o'clock in the morning and I got to be up at six, yeah, it doesn't I'm work. done. Yeah. I'm, I'm done. I, I, I try to go to bed at, like, 1230 and wake up at, like, seven, and I'm just like, nope. Man, That's I wonder good. what it is about that. Like, there has to be a way to flip that. Yeah, because when I would go to bed at, like, you know, 6, 7 in the morning and wake up at noon, I was just fine. I was fine every day. I have so much, such an easier time waking up if it's not the morning. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I even had an actually, actually, I even had a little bit easier time, like, when I was waking up at, like, 4.30 or 5 every day. When there was, like, that month that I did that. Mm. In the morning? Yeah. Oh. Like, almost a little bit easier time than waking up at, like, 6 or 7. I think part of it's just kind of like the... Like, everyone just knows waking up at that time sucks, and I think it's maybe partially mindset. You're just like, oh, not this again. Like, I wonder if there's, like, a way to alter that. I don't know. It's weird, because people do it all the time, and they're fine. Oh, yeah. Some people are morning people. They suck. Yeah, they do. I hate morning people. <laughs> I know. 
I don't know any. Uh, my boss is kind of a morning person. Yeah, my old boss, Brian, was sort of the same way. <clears throat> but, you know, he had his, like, whole ritual. Like, But he wasn't really a morning person. Like, he's not. he wasn't really ever approachable in the morning because... He had, like, such bad, like, chronic pain problems that he would, like, wake up and he'd have to take his pain medication and then, like, drink a Diet Coke before he could even, like, talk to someone without, like, wanting to murder them. Oh, well. But, you know, a lot of times you get to work, like, some of those mornings where we've got to be there at, like, 4.30 and he's like, hey, what's happening? Everybody here to have a good time? We're like, just fuck off and die, yeah. you piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, people, people that are, like, in such a good mood in the morning just... They're clearly aliens or something uh, they that didn't been, I don't know. clue in on the culture of people. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It's bizarre. It's weird stuff. I don't know. But I'd like to be able to be able to wake up earlier without feeling like shit all the time about yeah. it, you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I feel like t- the like taking melatonin has helped me like at least curve it a little bit because it used to be like I'd be going to sleep at 2, just waking up so tired, drinking energy drinks and whatnot. So, uh, it was a rough... But, yeah. you know, taking the melatonin it helps me actually get to sleep at a reasonable time, you know, get, get to sleep by midnight or so. And then I wake up and feel a little bit better. Yeah. Like, some mornings I do wake up and I'm like, all right, let's get this day going. But, you know, like, I don't know, even getting off work at 5 and then looking at the rest of the day, well, it's kind of weird because my days are split. It's like I get off at 5 go home and eat and do a bunch of stuff with the kids. And like, they, <clears throat> so my, my night's kind of split. It's not like I, I'm off at five and then I'm like, okay, I've yeah. got from five until midnight. That's a chunk of time I could do stuff in. It's more like I've got five until like eight when the kids go to bed to do that stuff. And then after they're in bed, kind of like I've got like nine to midnight to do some other stuff, like more adult stuff. Yeah. So it's kind of, uh, that breaks it up too and makes it feel like the eight to five schedule kind of sucks as well. But I think it's partially because my six-hour time there is broken up. Yeah. And it's like a weird, a weird chunk. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's weird stuff. Weird stuff indeed. Well, should we wrap it up? Probably should, yeah. It's after lunch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Cool, man. Well, it's another good episode of Andy Brothers. Knocked out, <clears throat> locked and loaded. Yeah, it's been fun getting back into the groove of it. Yeah, it is fun. Well, listener, you can uh, tweet at us. Uh, at Red is awesome. R-E-T-T is awesome. Or at Ted Jetplane, T-E-H Jetplane. Yep. Uh, you can email us awesome at airpodcast.com. You can call us at 657-888-3835. Or you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash airpodcast. Uh, we'd appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Till next time, it's been Andy Bros. See ya. <laughs> um, I was noticing we don't have, like, uh, that there's, like, already an Indie Brothers, uh, Twitter handle, but I don't think there's a Brothnerds one.